What is happening? I, I, I'm out of touch, Dan. Where, where are we going with this song? Oh, you don't know that one? So the last line there with it, if I sit on your face, can you smell the defeat? Thank you. <laughs> thank you, Deadpool, for that. Because it's time to get back into Pick'em here. And the, I mean, like, we're one apiece for us. This is this is where matchups come Sam in. Arnold, who yeah, not. yeah, God, I, no, fuck that kid. Um, <laughs> like I, this is where you and I get to have a little bit of fun. Mm-hmm. But before we get to have a little bit of fun, we got to cover a little bit of business. Oh yeah, it's honestly the league is on fire. So many great, trades. so it's, great. It's great to see the action. I love seeing it, and of course, a lot of strong opinions with these trades. Um, it's a lot of big names in these trades, big time. I think. Well, let's talk about the first one, but I think we've seen some of the biggest names maybe in league history moved in some of these. Um, so the first one involved Mr. Nick Ruth and Adam, and Adam received Stefan Diggs, James Washington, and a 2023 third-round draft pick from Mr. Nick Ruth, I believe. And then Mr. Nick Ruth received a 2024 first-round draft pick, that is Adam's, a 2024 third round draft pick that is Adams, uh, Corey Davis, DJ Moore, and the funny one dollar. <laughs> I I love that this has become a part of the fucking trades that we have going on. <laughs> it Just is fucking about- draft capital and everything like this. And I mean, the crazy enough, I think there's teams that might actually need it eventually. I mean, I think if I'm a rebuilding team and I'm doing a trade with a contender, I'm always going to demand five dollars because you're not going to like kill the trade. If you're demanding like five dollars in fab, are you like so? So why wouldn't you ask it as a rebuilding team? I I'm not going to disagree with that. I think five's a little aggressive. We I mean the the joke continues that we watch the one dollar in fab go by, but I mean we see arguably, a t- I mean consensus wise, I, I through all the polls I've seen, this is the number three wide receiver being moved right now. Yeah, I mean Stefan D- Stefan Diggs like just was electric, you know, after coming over to the Bills. Um, there was definitely, I think, some initial concerns because we didn't know if Josh Allen was going to be quite the passer. And he said, nope, I am, because he had a historic year. Um, he is getting up there in age. You know, he's 27, about to be 28. So from Nick's side of things, I mean, you can understand maybe wanting to move on. I don't know if he would, for me, be a top three guy, but definitely in the top seven at wide receiver. And for Adam's team, I mean, I think, you know, it's, just it's have, a win now move. It's a win now move for sure. But you're moving a 2024 pick that is like three, three years down the line. Corey Davis, he's he's always Corey Davis slash has so much potential. We'll see if it's, it's realized this year. I mean, he's in a great spot, but we don't know. And DJ Moore, he's kind of maybe the new Corey Davis. He has so much potential. We'll see if it's finally realized. Like these are two, I think really good ride receivers, but Stefan Diggs is a great ride receiver and he's trying to win. So I respect him going in on this deal. I agree. I think, I think this is definitely a win now trade. I mean, Corey Davis is a lot of hype right now with the, Mm -hmm. the, the games we've seen with him play with Zach Wilson have been pretty electric. DJ Moore obviously is in a really good situation in Carolina playing, this might be a Sam Darnold hype train move for Nick, but yeah. I mean, we'll just let that, that kind of go. The The lost piece in here to me is James Washington. I I don't know how I feel about part of this. This is he Pittsburgh seems- has had so many drop balls through the year and between, James Washington's one of them that's dropped balls. I just, 
I don't think he's anything in this deal, right? I, I, I no. This is this is basically, hey, I'm going to give you digs and and a and a third for yeah, the rest of this stuff. James Washington, do you want him? Yeah, correct. And that's one of those ones you just say, yeah, I'll just take him because it gives me a depth piece on the bench. But I mean, Adam gets a win now piece, and and Nick gets a huge rebuild item. Winner, Nick Ruth. Mm, that's. I, yeah, honestly, I... It's, I it's really a fair like trade. It. It's a very fair trade. But. It is a really fair trade. I think I'd like... I, I like it for both. I don't know if I can decide. I could... I guess I'd maybe lean Nick Ruth, but I think for Adam's team, you know... Oh, this is great for Adam's team from this a is, win-now I mean, perspective. Yes, yeah, absolutely. I mean, DJ Moore, I love him, but, like, he's... He doesn't have the elite ceiling that we've seen from Stefan Diggs. Yep. I think... It's great for Adam's team. And for Nick's rebuilding side of things, I'm not sure if you could get a better deal than this because you get a first, you get a super young promising wide receiver in DJ Moore, and Corey Davis still has upside. And who knows, maybe you could even flip him to another team for you know draft picks or another younger player if you want midseason. So it's a win-win trade in my book. I mean, when we look at Adam's roster, he's got Justin Jefferson. He's got Julio Jones. Yep. Diggs puts him in an amazing spot. With this, yeah. Um, yeah, you get James Washington. You have Byron Pringle, Emmanuel Sanders, Michael Hardman. So he's very much Kansas City Buffalo from the passing perspective. But we're also talking about arguably quarterbacks that are the top three in potential MVP finishing this year with Mahomes and then Josh Allen. And then, I mean, you throw Aaron Rodgers in there. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, it's a good move from a very pass-heavy, exploding offensive perspective. No, for sure. And I mean, for Adam, it's it's not just playoffs or bust. It's like championship or bust. Like this is his best chance, I think, to, you know, make some serious noise. Um, But it's interesting, you know, when you look at his roster, like compared to last year, he's really only added Stefan Diggs. Um, You know, he obviously traded for Matt Ryan, but like so many of these other guys that he has like in his lineup or he's relying on. They were just all injured last year. So I think it'll just be interesting to see who can, um, you know, if his team can stay healthy, because there was a lot of potential for them to be um, good last year. And it didn't happen because of injuries. Touchdown Notre Dame. Sorry, that's <laughs> I yep, was just right in the middle there. Yep. Yep. I wanted you to finish your thought here, but the, we're recording. This is Notre Dame's Notre Dame's game going on. I'm a diehard Irish fan. I know. I know, Mr. Weir, you like the Irish as well. I do. It's a. Uh... So fuck you, Florida State. Yep, this is the defense needs to step up. But all right, trade two. Trade two. Let's move on. And honestly, I think this is this is a fun trade. This is a fun trade and best uh, player, I think, or asset moved in a trade so far. This is the number two wide receiver that got moved. Well, I'm talking about the quarterback in terms of the best asset. Well, yeah, let's do all. Yeah, correct. But Nick Ruth got just or Mr. Justin Herbert, a twenty twenty two first-round draft pick that is Zane's and Paris Campbell. And Zane got Tyreek Hill, Baker Mayfield, and Carlos Hyde. Dan, what are your thoughts? I fucking love this trade for Nick Ruth. Like, I, I do. This is fucking sexy as shit. You get Justin Herbert, who looked absolutely electric last year, and you give up Baker Mayfield, who might be a worse quarterback because Odell Beckham Jr. is actually not injured. You you give up the second best wide receiver in the game. Like I, I think in my mind, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, Stefan Diggs is the top three. That's just where my mind sits. Obviously, I don't know if I mean you you have a little bit different because you had him top seven versus my top three. 
I think and I then, had Justin Jefferson a little bit higher, but hard to argue. Okay. Yeah. I, so then you have Paris Campbell for Carlos Hyden. That's a Carlos fucking Hyde. How the fuck old is this guy? 30. No, hard pass. Give me Paris Campbell. I love this trade for Nick from a rebuild perspective. Tyreek Hill is a win now piece. This is the best piece Zane gets in this trade mm-hmm. with it. Um, I mean, when we talk about Zane's roster, and this is where I casually panic as I realize I don't have that pulled up. He's well, got he's got Rodgers, he's got Lamar Jackson. Adding exactly. Baker Mayfield is a good depth cover the buy piece. Maybe I play a hunch against Lamar Jackson and matchups. But I love this from Ruth's rebuild perspective. I mean, I think for both sides it's a very interesting trade. Another, when you, yep, agreed. When you look at Zane's side of it, you know, he mentioned it. He obviously would prefer to Mervin Aaron Rodgers. You know, he has three great quarterbacks in Aaron Rodgers, Justin Herbert, and Lamar Jackson. You can only start two. So I think this trade, you know, you can try to maybe do the the best, most ideal thing, move Aaron Rodgers. But if it's just not happening in your league, sometimes you got to pivot. And I think this is Zane pivoting. Um, you know, you'd love to keep Herbert, but getting Tyree kill and Baker Mayfield, I'm a little bit higher on him than you are, but he's a fine quarterback three like Zane's in a good spot still with him and all of that. And he just, he gets a third quarterback and he gets now the third or second first, wherever you view him wide receiver in the game. That's a massive upgrade for Zane's team. Um, for Nick, I mean, Justin Herbert for my money, he is probably the highest valued um, assets like player that's been moved in our league so far. Um, top 10 in my book. Um, quarterbacks like from that list and Justin Herbert, there's probably five better than him, and that's it. Um, just a great rebuilding piece to get. Um, yeah, losing Hill sucks, but you know, you build around the quarterbacks. Quarterbacks are so hard to move in our league. Like the best quarterback besides like Justin Herbert that was moved like in his like actual prime. I mean, I don't know. I, I guess Lamar Jackson year one, yep, like that was one. kind of yep. a little fluky, but it's that's it. Like they're just there hasn't even been anything close, like maybe Ryan Tannehill, um, Jalen Hurts recently. I don't know. Like yeah. it's good quarterbacks don't get traded very often in this league. Um, so Justin I, Herbert is worth a lot. And he also gets a first round pick. And as a rebuilding team, Nick's now up to four in next year's draft. And he's got some ammo to play with. Yeah, I, I think it's insane when we look at next year's draft. And I know we had a side conversation about this. I mean, the amount of first round draft picks that Nick has next year for a rebuild piece. Yeah. I mean, if you're Nick, you got to be feeling pretty damn excited with where you're sitting coming up. And I I mean, there's not a whole lot of buzz about the 2022 draft class. Yep. But at the end of the day, there's still buzz. And you taking a shot at some of these guys and having the opportunity to get some of these guys and watch them pan out is kind of what matters. Absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, it's a super flex league. Quarterbacks always pop. Like the first round draft in our rookie drafts, they're always going to be fine. Um, this, you said it, this draft class doesn't have a lot of buzz, but there's still going to be, you know, 10 ish guys that just are there and just good. And Nick's going to have four draft picks um, in the first round, you know, in those first 12 picks. Um, and, you know, rookie fever is a thing. We've seen some aggressive trades for people that maybe believe in a guy. And, you know, Nick can maybe capitalize at that point, too, if he wants to. Um, but Nick's in a good spot. I mean, I think at this point, when you look at it, like he moves, obviously, Diggs and um, Hill. You know, 
what's next? Is there any move like for Nick to make? You know, do we see, you know, someone else shipped? Is there a logical piece to see shipped when you look at Nick's team? Um, you know, I'm sure there's really no untouchables probably besides Justin Herbert. Um, you know, he's got DJ Moore and Noah Fant, you know, young guys at cornerstone positions, perhaps. Um, J.K. Dobbins is injured. Um, Dak Prescott obviously is elite. He's the only guy that I would maybe wonder if Nick could maybe, maybe entertain moving if the right package came. Yeah, I mean, and that you're right. The, the two words were there are right package because yeah. Dak's still young. Yep, I, From sure. a quarterback perspective, he plays on a very talented offense. Yes, he's coming off of an injury-prone season. Or not injury-prone, he got a season-ending injury, which is mm-hmm. fucking disgusting to watch in person and relive through hard knocks. Um, but yes, I do I think Nick moves on from Dak? No. I think this is continues to be his quarterbacks be the cornerstone of his rebuild. I think there's other pieces that Nick's going to begin to acquire through the drafts here that will make him a contender like Sam might be this year with a rebuild. Yeah, I mean, I think there's only two teams that could trade for Dak Prescott, in my opinion, and that is Sam or Jerry. Um, and that involves moving one of those young quarterbacks, you know, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, with the draft capital that they have. And, you know, for either side, I if you're Nick, you might not want that. And if you're Sam or Jerry, you might rather roll the dice with the young guy. But that's the only move that I think could maybe happen and maybe justify, you know, Nick's moving on from Dak Prescott. I would agree. All right. Third, third trade. Um, yes. This one just happened a few hours ago. Involved Stefan and Jerry. Uh, Stefan received Debo Samuel a 2023 first round draft pick that is Jerry's along with (laughs) dollar and fab and Jerry receives Wolf Fuller, Ronald Jones and a 2022 second round draft pick that is Steve's should be high next year. Um, Two dot one. Yep. Dan, what are your thoughts? It's just an interesting trade. So Jerry just acquires Debo and then moves on from him for a PED doping Wolf Fuller and Wolf Fuller. I, take the Notre Dame Homer out of me is still a guy that takes the top off the defense. My big concern with this is I still don't trust Tua in this offense. Jerry gets Ronald Jones, which helps him solidify the Tampa Bay backfield, which again, I, I, we've had this conversation last week that do you put stock in owning a backfield? And we obviously disagreed with part of that. I said, yes, I like the stock in that you said, no, but Jerry gets a second round draft pick that is arguably 1.13, 2.1, however you want to look at it. And he moves a first round in 2023. I, I don't I don't mind the trade overall with it. I I like Debo Samuel better than Will Fuller. You trade a a first for Ronald Jones and you move a second for a dollar and fab. I mean, you get a bit you get a running back and you get the guy that you know is going to start the game. I think in Tampa Bay and for Jerry, that helps solidify a little bit more of that backfield for his very rapid rebuild. Yeah, I don't like it for Jerry. Um, I, two words. I think you'd never want to say as a fantasy owner is solidifying the Tampa Bay backfield, or I guess that's four words. It's um, just the same thing with new England. You could use those two wing, two words, new England. Yeah. You, bad. You, you don't want it. Like, I'm sorry. Like, Having, you know, Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones, like, 
no. Like, there is no team in the league that, like, is contending with those two as, like, a core member of their um, starting lineup. Um, you know, for Jerry, I think... I, I, you know, Jerry's marched the beat of his own drum this entire offseason with some trades and moves and, you know, acquisitions that maybe I wouldn't do. But the beauty of this game is that you can, you know, do whatever you want in your own vision. Um, I think I just don't see a running back core here that can contend with, you know, when he has Leonard Fournette, James Robinson, now Ronald Jones and Melvin Gordon. Um, the quarterbacks are still dicey. Kyle Pitts, you know, should be good at tight end. It's got some young wide receivers, but should be solid there. But it's just, I think he just pumped the brakes, or he pumped, like, the gas pedal on this rebuild just a little too hard. Um, and to be honest, I think, I worry, you know, if he could find himself in the same boat that kind of Armand did. Armand last season, I think, traded for some players, you know, pumped the gas a little too hard on his rebuild. And, you know, we kind of saw in this offseason pull back and move off on some pieces. And I think for Jerry, I just, if he doesn't make the playoffs this year, I don't know if this core will make the playoffs just because Zane has a great team. I think I have a great team. I think Sam's on the upswing. We talked about Nick, you know, in his situation, like Jerry is still just doesn't have like his running, like there is no running back on his team that any contender would start. Like that is a fact. Like James Robinson would be it, and he would be a flex option as of right now. Um, for Stefan, the beauty of this move for Stefan is he didn't move any of his like contending pieces. Like I know he put like his entire team on the trade block, but Wolf Fuller and Ronald Jones like were riding his bench more often than not. Like I I didn't like the Wolf Fuller piece because this was a player that he acquired and was going to sit on his bench. You know Ronald Jones, I think he probably is breathing a sigh of relief that he doesn't have to worry about him anymore. He gets Debo Samuel in the first round draft pick. And I think those are two of the best assets in this deal. Um, like this, I guarantee you, I guarantee you right now, Stefan could flip this first round draft pick for a much better player than anything that Jerry got in this deal. Um, I, you know, to put it bluntly, I just, I don't like it for Jerry for Stefan. It's a fantastic trade. Touchdown Notre Dame. So I'm just, <laughs> like, I'm just, I just want to be live tweeting on this, this stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, I agree. It's, I like owning the backfield, but I don't like how Jerry owned the backfield for the price. And especially for Will Fuller for Debo Samuel. I like Debo a hell of a lot more than I like Will Fuller. I mean, I don't even the, hate, I don't even hate Will Fuller. I don't like, hate Will the, Fuller either. At the I like cost Debo of Debo better. Samuel. Yeah, yes, for sure. Like correct. I'd rather have Debo. Yeah, um, I think, you know, this is something that I think I've said in like a few podcasts, but like this was just like an inefficient trade for Jerry. I think like this could have been better used elsewhere assets to acquire players that can more seriously help him. Like Wolf Fuller and Ronald Jones, I think in an ideal world, like on a contending team, these guys are bench hit players or like your last like starter in a lineup for Jerry's team like. More, they might be more of like starters that he or more players that he has to rely on more than anything uh, for some weeks. And that's just, I don't know. That's not a great spot to be in. Yeah. Oh, yep. All right. So now it's time for everybody's favorite part of the podcast. I, I don't know. I'm speaking for myself, but this is the best fucking portion of the entire podcast right now. 
It is. It's time for the matchup preview. We are Let's, both yeah. one and one. Pick them, baby. Pick them. Pick them, City. And, you know, this week for matchups, it's we've got four easy ones, I think. Well, three easy ones. Three easy three, for sure. Three tough ones. Start with the obvious. Yeah, I mean, let's start with obviously Kevin taking on Steve. And, uh, you know, for Steve, you know, the only really thing to add is like there's there's nothing he's playing for besides wanting to see some of his younger guys do well. You know, Sam Darnold. Um, I don't even know. Daniel Jones, like you want to see those guys emerge. You want to see Terrace Marshall emerge. emerge. Um, Rondale Moore, like. Dan Arnold, young. Dan Arnold, like that's a guy that sticks out to me in this the one you want to see Dan Arnold solidify that that right. position. Brandon Ayuk, you know, Deontay yep. Johnson. Same thing. Yes. You want to see like those young guys like maybe could Chris Evans or Jamar Jefferson be a thing? I don't know. Um, but like there's, you know, unfortunately, like Steve's team sucks and it's definitely built more for the future. But you want to see can these young guys maybe show something or can you flip maybe some of these guys that surprise to someone for value and kevin kevin kevin's kevin kevin's kevin 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 and at this point i think the question should be how many starters on kevin's team does it take to outscore <laughs> i will five. say five yeah i think yeah, five five i'm so, all aboard the kevin train kevin you're not losing the game this year brother I'm hype train hype fucking train all right kevin over steve um, let's move on to another gimme, and that's going to involve Stefan taking on Chris. Again, same thing. Chris, unfortunately, doesn't have his first-round draft pick next year, um, but you want to see maybe some of these younger guys that you're relying on or maybe some of these players that you can maybe move in a different deal emerge. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo is interesting. You know, Will he be the starter? Um, and if he is, how long does he stay on his team? Um, does Chris try to move him? Um, but I think Jamar Chase is really the person to watch. He's kind of had an interesting preseason, um, a super hyped off season. Um, but, you know, the preseason wasn't ideal and very limited action. So I'm probably most excited to see him on Chris's team. Um, for Stefan's team, like, again, just well-rounded lineup. How many players on Stefan's team does it take to outscore Chris? I'll say six. Yeah, I, I, Jamar Chase, I'm excited about Bob Tunyon. I want to see yep. what kind of play we got at him. But if you're starting Justice Hill at your running back spot, as well as Malcolm Brown, like you're not feeling really good about your situation. A thousand percent, Stefan, all the way. All right. And the last gimme is going to involve, well, I mean, this should be a gimme. I think it's a, it, I think it's a gimme. Sam taking on Armand's team. Um, you know, Armand's team is interesting. He's finally, you know, after rebuilding, he's kind of got like a solid like lineup, like or an actual lineup of players um, when you look top to bottom. But he's got some players coming off injuries. You know, how are we going to see Cortland Sutton and Saquon Barkley coming back from the ACL injuries? Um, and just some younger guys that can they be like legit fantasy players? You know, Jalen Rieger, Zach Moss, um, you know, obviously Trevor Lawrence is you know, the number one overall pick um, to a tag of Iola. You know, he had a really good preseason. Is he going to take a step forward? I wouldn't be shocked if Armand maybe somehow pulled off the upset. But I mean, Sam's team, he's just 
he's got everything filled out. You know, he's got great running backs. Joe Burrow is probably the biggest guy to watch. Just how does he come back after his ACL injury? Um, and, you know, Fitzpatrick, is he Fitzmagic or Fitztragic? Because um, if not, Sam's quarterbacks could be a little dicey until we see Trey Lance or Justin Fields out there. Yeah, I think I, for me, it, Armand's got himself kind of stuck in a rock and a hard place with it. Yes, you have Saquon Buckley and Zach Moss. Zach Moss. You got Tua. Sony Michelle recently acquired with the with the Rams, but you're playing the Bears this week, so you don't feel that good. But I mean, as a Bears fan, you don't really feel that good either. Um, JJ Taylor. Now that Sony Michelle's gone, I mean, but I mean, you're talking about a betting against Chris Godwin, Cortland Sutton, Jalen Rieger. Like those are big names, but. I agree. I mean, it's Joe Burrow, Alvin Kamara, CeeDee Lamb, Josh Jacobs, Claypool, Fitzmagic. And I, I, I think you're right. Fitzmagic or Fitztragic breaks or makes this deal with me. I'm going to take Sam with it. I think that's where you're in accordance with. Yeah, but I'm going to go with Sam, too. I mean, I think he's also Sam's got a lot of young players. Agreed. You know, when you look at his bench, too, I mean, I'm very excited to see. Um, you know, Trey Sermon, Elijah Moore had a lot of hype, you know, Jerry Judy, um, interesting in year two. Um, so definitely going Sam as well, but I think Armand's team, I'm just very curious to see how Barkley and Sutton come back from injury, because if they come back and they are like their self, like Armand's team could be a little bit of a pain, but if they're a little bit slower and maybe take some time to rebound from those injuries, Armand's team just isn't going to be there. Yep, I would I would get all on board with that. All right, so now we're moving on to I think three more or three of the more competitive matchups. They're enticing. They're enticing, and let's and I mean let's Notre Dame just scored again. I'm just gonna throw it out there. I might be two se- two or three seconds ahead of you. I'm sorry, but that's another Notre Dame touchdown. Look at that. How about that? Let's fucking go. <laughs> all let's, right. Okay, so how about Nick Ruth and Jerry? I think this is, I mean, Jerry doesn't have his full lineup. So when we look at projections, he is barely ahead, but there's a flex that he doesn't have in. I mean, the re- the reason that Nick's team, he is rebuilding, but why it will be competitive and, you know, maybe to a fault some, some games for Nick is because of the quarterbacks. Dak yes. Prescott and Justin Herbert, you know, like they can get 50, 60 points easily for Nick. And, you know, when you have two guys that can do that, like that's going to make, that's going to keep you in a lot of games. Um, the running backs suck for Nick. Like there's no way to spin that. Oh, Damien yeah. and Daryl Williams. Oh. Like, oh. If, if they combine to score over 10 points in a week, like you consider that a win in my opinion. Um, but Jerry, I mean, We've talked about Jerry a lot, maybe the most like this entire offseason. Um, he has, you know, he's like Armand. He's got a starting lineup. He's got, you know, from top to bottom, you know, he can fill it out with a bunch of players. For him, the biggest question is going to be those running backs. Can he get the production from, you know, whoever he decides to trot out? James Robinson's probably the only lock. And after that, you know, who between Lenny, Ronald Jones, Melvin Gordon, you know, maybe Pollard in some matchups, Marlon Mack. I don't know. Like, who is going to emerge? Is wide receivers? He's they're young. Um, can they, you know, do what we think they can do? And then I think the quarterbacks is interesting yep. too. One hundred percent. Yeah. Where Jalen Hurts is going to be a lock, but then is he going to roll the dice with the young guy Zach Wilson? Is it going to be Teddy Bridgewater? Um, and for me, like by far. 
the number one most player I want to see, like rookie wise, is Kyle Pitts. We saw him just for one play in the preseason. He caught the ball, and that was it. Um, Kyle Pitts is by far my most anticipated player week one. Rookie, non-rookie, vet, new traded, whatever you want to say. Kyle Pitts, I want to see. Um, So for Jerry's team, I think I'm taking him to win after I just rattled off for two minutes. Um, Any thoughts that you want to add on here, Dan? Did no game score again? No, no, they they made the extra point, but that's where we're at. I think the biggest piece I think you've covered is, does Jerry start the right running backs each week? And then... I, I agree. I think Hertz is a lock. Yep. Do you play the Bridgewater versus Wilson matchup? I like the LaVisca Chenault piece to this team. Jalen Wild to me is another intriguing matchup with this. I think this is Jerry traded up to get this guy. Let's I want to yeah. I'm really curious to see how he works in this offense. Um I'm gonna take Jerry as well with this. I know this is fucking gets boring when we always agree with ourselves. Um but this for, for me, this is Jerry making the right lineup decisions at the right times and playing the best opportunities in his matchup. I think Jerry could be his own worst enemy in some of these pieces mm-hmm. if he tries to play he doesn't too have, pretty. He doesn't have a lot of obvious calls. Or he does have obvious calls, but he has a lot of calls that it's not so obvious. Yep. So, you know, you could Teddy Bridgewater could be the right call, but he goes with Zach Wilson because he wants to start the right rookie or vice versa. He goes with Teddy Bridgewater because it's the right call, but he should have gone with the rookie. I don't know. So, yep. and he's got a lot of wide receiver options. I think Jerry's team is going to be very competitive this year and uh, it'll, you know, after a lot of talk about him, it'll be interesting to see some action with these guys. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I, I mean, he's he's been probably the most talked about team this entire offseason. Mm-hmm. And it'll be interesting to see kind of how this all plays out in week one against a a rebuild team, but a team that still has decent pieces. So, I mean, kind of throwing this off the cuff. Zane and my team are probably locks to make the playoffs in our division. I would, would agree. you agree? I would agree. Right now, who's the third team that makes the playoffs? It's hard to bet against Sam. It really is. I think this could be an injury piece to it. I think Sam at three, Jerry at four is where I sit. And that's where I would go as well. Yeah, I think. But I mean, this is an injury piece away from being, you know, how's the French Frenchman say it? Flip turn right set upside down. And I'd like to take a minute, just sit right there and I'll tell you how I fuck this shit up on a fantasy podcast. So. Yeah. That that was a really bad rendition of a remake, and that's life. I'm just going to let you try to recover from that one. Thanks, man. That's just a little bit of vodka and a bottle of wine. All right, we got two would, matchups left. I would agree with that. <laughs> All right, um, let's go to your matchup. You yeah. and Adam, like this, you know, Adam's team, he made some moves, but for the most part, he's healthy, and that's what's going to determine um, – how he goes like this season. Um, I'm going to look at maybe Adam's side of things, and then I'll let you cover your roster. So let's look at Adam's team. And obviously we start with Patrick Mahomes, you know, QB one gets Cleveland. It'll be interesting to see how their defense goes at the backup quarterback. I'm guessing he's going to go Matt Ryan, but Jameis Winston is always an intriguing. Yeah, that's intriguing. Going up against Green Bay. Matt Ryan has Philadelphia. I lean Matt Ryan, but, you know, if you want to go with famous Jameis, 
I would never fault you for rolling those dice. Um, at running back, he's got Austin Eckler against Washington. That's not a great matchup, but Austin Eckler has a very high floor with his uh, pass-catching abilities. Chris Carson against Indianapolis, not a great matchup, unfortunately. Um, two flex options that are interesting will be Chase Edmonds and Miles Gaskin um, for both really similar reasons. What is their role going to be in this offense? I know everyone assumed Edmonds, Gaskin are the guy, or guides on their teams, but Gaskin, you know, has had some inconsistent use in preseason. You know, does that translate in the regular season? And for Edmonds, like, he had a chance last year and he didn't really do anything when he was the guy. So I'm very curious to see how those guys shake out. And neither has a great matchup against Tennessee or New England. Um, At wide receiver, though, this is where Adam makes, like, his bread and butter. Justin Jefferson, uh Julio Jones, Stefan Diggs, like those guys are studs. Um, you know, he has three top 12 guys probably going um, at the position. Like even, and those guys are matchup proofs. You know, Justin Jefferson against Cincy's great. Julio against Arizona is great. Diggs against Pittsburgh, that's not ideal, but he's Stefan Diggs. You're not going to not start him. And then tight end George Kittle uh, going up against Detroit. He should be, he should have a field day. Um Adams got some pretty good players. Um, running backs, though, not ideal matchups. Dan, where, how's your team looking? Yeah, so I I think that you know Allen against Pittsburgh is a, is a tough matchup. Pittsburgh always plays a good stellar defense, but you got to I you got to like what Josh Allen's doing. McCaffrey against the Jets is massively fantastic. Gus Edwards is the kind of big piece that I'm toying with. He inherits a starting job that we know they're going to run the ball. It's against Vegas. Yep. Okay. Adams, Thielen, you feel really, really good about. Um, Mike Davis is going to be the starter in Atlanta playing against Philly. You've got Tyler Boyd. I'm really banking the stack with Alan Cole Beasley out of the slot. I mean, Cole Beasley's an ass hat, fucking COVID vaccines and all this dumb shit. But he's a he, he might be the best slot guy in the entire game with it. My big debate becomes, do I play Mac Jones versus Miami and trust the rookie, or do I understand what I'm getting out of tried-and-true Kirk Cousins and Cincinnati? And I think for me, that's the big waiver point. I don't feel good about starting Mark Ingram because I just don't know where that's going to go. And then I have Michael Gallup, who plays Thursday night, and I hate starting Thursday night players. I do. And my big debate is, all right, so I've got Michael Gallup, I don't feel comfortable over Tyler Boyd. I don't know if I feel comfortable over Cole Beasley. I sure as hell don't feel good about starting him over Miles Davis. So right now he's sitting on my bench. And that that could be concerning to me. So I there's a lot of wafting right now on my lineup. Yeah. And, I mean Yeah, go ahead. I think when I look at your team, like honestly, your season might depend on Cole Beasley. Like if Cole it's going Beasley, to like Cole Beasley, we saw last year, he was very sneaky. Good. Um, he, I think was a top 30 play last year and exceeded all expectations for a guy that you probably like, I don't know. You could have caught him last off season. And I don't think most people would have batted or not two off seasons ago, whatever. Um, and no one would have batted an eye, but he had an exceptional year. He, like he thrived like Stefan Diggs did under Josh Allen's, MVP type season. Um, he needs to continue that for your team to, you know, not just be a playoff team because that's 
the expectation, but to potentially win it all. Um, I, the Kirk Cousins and Mac Jones thing is interesting. I think Kirk Cousins is obviously the better quarterback, but like, I also don't think you're the favorite to win this week. So maybe you just say fuck it and pray that Mac Jones just goes <laughs> Lights wild. It up. Yeah. Yeah. So like, you know, to, I guess, just cut to the chase. I'm going to take Adam in this matchup, but, you know, you've got a healthy Josh Allen. You've got a healthy Christian McCaffrey. You've got a healthy, you know, Devontae Adams. Those three guys could score 120 points for you. And that's like, that's the, the core of your team. Yep. You got to get like another two guys to give you probably a combined like 35 points. And if you can get that, you might have a chance. Yep. For me, that's Mike Davis and, um, Thielen. Yes, you're 100% correct. And I took Adam as well. I already had it typed in. Like, I do all this stuff before we even start. Yep, like, I just, I just like to make sure this is all good. <laughs> Reverse juju, you know, throwing the curse, whatever. I'm taking Adam to beat me in this matchup. I think it's close. I think this is, is literally probably a four-point matchup. But, um, yeah, it hates. To, I hate to pick against myself, but I love it at the same time. Like, I mean, I'm smiling on the other end of this mic with it. But yeah, let me throw the, the juju on Adam here. Fair enough. So let's we talked about playoffs in the other division. Let's talk about playoffs real quick in, you know, the D.C. division. Yep. Um, Kevin's team. You, Kevin, all aboard Kevin's train. Yep. Yes. You, Kevin. you obviously love Kevin more than Britt does. Yep. Um, who's the second and third team that make the playoffs for you? I think it's Adam and me. I think Stefan's going through the rebuild with this. I think Chris has suffered a little bit too many uh-ohs on the roster with it. Yep. And I yeah, I just I think it's it's Adam. I think Kevin wins Kevin wins the whole thing. I'm just gonna throw that right now. Kevin, I'm fucking all aboard this hype train. It's me and Adam playing to see who plays Kevin in in the in the second round of the playoffs. Yeah. So at Stefan's team is interesting. I know he listed everything, but like it's still I'm, good. It's still good. And like this trade that he just did with Jerry, I think this opened up a lot of doors. Um, he obviously got the 23 first round pick, um, which is a great rebuilding piece. But like we've seen, depending on the person, depending on who you're trading with, first round picks can get you a nice player. You know, especially some of these rebuilding teams like these picks have been traded and so many teams have them and some of them hoard them like dragons. So the ones that are available, you kind of have to just grit and bear it when you can get it. So I think as especially in the 2023 class. So I'm going to take Stefan. It might be stupid. He might still be planning to rebuild and I might be an idiot, but I think he has just more depth than you. And while he doesn't have the quarterback situation that you do, obviously and you know just josh allen alone i think tom brady can still get the job done and i guess carson wentz or jared goff will be an okay quarterback number two but his running backs are very stout his wide his wide receivers like you know dj chark is probably his fifth wide receiver maybe his fourth i don't know Um, which could be a tier one on some other teams yeah for sure so i i think stefan for me i'm still gonna go with until I see a trade that just completely removes him, I'm going to take Stefan. And unfortunately, Bud, I have you outside of the playoffs. Yeah. And I and I think it's a realistic possibility here. I think, like I said, five weeks in, and we've talked about this. Mm-hmm. 
either me or Stefan are going to completely blow up our teams because I, there's again nobody touches Kevin in this league. Yep. Ad, Adam's in the best spot to say, "Hey, I'm going to make the playoffs." And then, I mean, it's not Steve. Yeah, like it, it's a complete shit show after that with it. And I think this is where if Stefan or I are tied at two and three mm-hmm. after five weeks, I think it's a it's a race to see who can blow their shit up first. That's probably fair. I do buy that. I do think that another rebuilding team could emerge just because, you know, this is a year that there's a lot of cream at the top and a lot of like crust at the bottom and the middle class like has been really erased. Um, so for you or Adam or for, excuse me, for you or Stefan, like if you aren't in that top tier, you might just want to skedaddle and get to the bottom quickly as possible. As rapidly as possible. You're right. Yeah. All, All right. right. Matchup of the week. Let's go. Yep. Let's go. And obviously the defending champ, you know, Zane, yep. you get the honor. You are, you're the team to beat. You have the target on your back. And Dan, how about you break down how Zane's team is? Yeah. So, I mean, Aaron Rodgers reigning MVP going to New Orleans. Like, oh man, it's like as a Bears fan, it's hard to fucking say, but I'm excited for the fucking Aaron Rodgers stepping up to the table, flapping his dick out and saying, I'm the fucking best person in the entire world. It beat me. Not like that, but you know, beat me. Um, Any sexual innuendos. Yeah. Sorry. I'm about to, like I said, I'm a bottle of wine, a couple of vodkas deep. Life's going to be interesting here. Um, I, I like Rogers. I really like Rogers. Uh, Justin Taylor or not Justin Taylor, Jonathan Taylor is going to be outstanding this year. David Montgomery is interesting to me. They play the Rams defense, and anytime you play against Aaron Donald, you don't really feel exceptional to mm-hmm. what you're doing. Tyree Kill and De- DeAndre Hopkins are top five wide receivers yep. in this in this piece, and we still don't understand what's going on with Hopkins. Nobody's really 100 sure what we can expect with it. But the positive side is you've got Mike Evans and Tyler Lockett to back it up. And that's fucking huge names. Dallas Goddard's going to be the guy in, in Philadelphia. The chemistry is there. Miles Sanders is the most interesting piece in this lineup to me. Because mm-hmm. I feel like everything in the Philadelphia organization is set up to hate, hate, hate Miles Sanders. I don't get it. I don't understand why. Mm-hmm. or anything with that, but it's literally the the piece that's questioned. Is the play Van Jefferson? And that's because just because the Bears secondary is fucking atrocious. That's interesting. This, I mean, you have you have you also have Evan Ingram sitting on your bench. And in a tight end PPR league, which you'll talk about your team here in a second, where you're you're really banking on these tight ends, is there. And then Baker Mayfield is the I think Baker Mayfield is the key to this to this win if Zane wants to pull it out because he needs to have a great game against Kansas city. I think, I think this Kansas city um, Browns game could be 56, 55 when it's all said and done. So you think but, on that principle, he should go with Baker over Aaron or Lamar. I Lamar's got a tough matchup against Vegas. I, I would start Baker Mayfield in the fact that this is probably going to be a fucking shootout. Yes. I, I'm going to say Baker's the better play. It is. It's a bold prediction. Yes, I would. I would and, stay sick with the Lamar. I just. I don't like his matchup against Vegas. I don't. That's. That's just me. But that's where I'm at. I. I think honestly, Kansas City's like, defense is better. 
is Las Vegas supposed to be good this year? Don't they just I mean, suck always? Vegas is always going to suck. It's just it's the Oakland piece that we just trade over for Vegas. But yeah, I think I, I just feel like Kansas City gives him the better opportunity to score. And I, again, I could be spewing out my ass on this. I think you are. But Lamar Jackson's running ability is yep. is second to none. And exactly. I mean, like like Ruth always says, and I'm going to continue to highlight him until he rejoins the podcast or Isaac takes over. Like or Robin run, joins or Robin joins. Yes, congratulations, uh, Nick and Courtney for their baby boy, three pounds three ounces, born a couple days ago. Um, lots of love to you guys. It's I don't know. I like having the fact that you have the last guy playing on Monday night though too. Yes, Mark Andrews on the other side for you is a counterpoint. And Darren st- Waller. Uh, yeah, Darren Waller. I still, st- I'm, I'm going to say it. I like Baker better. Okay. All right. That's bold. But, you know, it's sometimes, bold. you know, fortune favors the bold, and that might end up being the right call. I think for my team, you know, I've obviously it's Kyler Murray and, you know, Russell Wilson uh, until Deshaun Watson reemerges from the spa. I will not be able to start him. Um, at running back again, Delvin Cook and Ezekiel Elliott. I think those are two top five plays. Delvin Cook's got a great matchup against Cincy. Zeke doesn't have the best matchup against um, Tampa Bay, but you know he's Zeke, so hopefully he'll get some action. Um, Amari Cooper against Tampa isn't great. Robert Woods against Chicago. That's a good matchup because Chicago's secondary is not great outside of Jalen Johnson. Uh, tight ends, though, that's. I didn't. I didn't really plan this when I built the yep. team, but like this is my bread and butter. It you is. Know, Darren Waller Monday night, Mark Andrews Monday night, T.J. Hawkinson. Someone's got to catch balls from Jared Goff, and T.J. Hawkinson might be the number one guy. Um, I think my last like spot of consideration though is that flex spot. Um, Raheem Mostert, I think when he's healthy, is a really, really, really good player. But that if he's healthy, caveat kind of sucks. Um, but it's the first game of the season, so he's got to be healthy, right? Um, if not him, I've got options, you know, in Damian Harris, Daryl Henderson, or even Allen Robinson. Um, Marquise Callaway is interesting. I'm still toying with it right now, leaning um, right now, leaning Mostert just because I think he's healthy, and until he's not healthy, I think he's going to be a great play. Should I mean, you, so, do you have so any my, thoughts on that? Yeah. Please? So my question is, is, is yeah. why the Allen Robinson hesitation? Honestly, I just is is it a Dalton thing or is it's it a Dalton it, thing? And I think like honestly, the Bears are going to get embarrassed Monday night, um, <sighs> personally. And I mean, even if I, I guess maybe I'll turn around and start Allen Robinson over Amari Cooper, but I don't know. I just Robert Woods is got to be definitely started. I just think he's got a great matchup in Chicago, and I think Stafford is going to have a great night. Um, Cooper and Robinson's tough call and the last flex, you know, if I don't start Raheem Mostert, but I just kind of want to, um, I don't know. Maybe I'm getting too cute though. I mean, I think I, yeah, I, it's, it's curious cause you have Callaway on the bench. Who's looked dynamic with Jameis Winston. Yep. I, and I, I mean, there's three backfields that you really fucking hate to have pieces in, right? This is true. It but... like in San Francisco's one of them. I mean, I don't. I, I kind of disagree. I think Raheem really? Mostert, as long as long as Raheem, Raheem Mostert is healthy, like the dude is one of the most explosive players, not named Tariq Hill in the NFL. Um, 
maybe I'm way too high on him, but I think as long as Mostert is healthy, he's must start. Like he yeah. is. I so guess I'm the other way that, at him. That's kind yeah. of where I'm at, but I, yeah. I might be wrong. And this I and I, and I play the call. yep. And I and I play the other way on that. I think San Francisco, uh-huh. New England, and. I mean, I've had too much to drink. There's one other backfield that you don't fucking trust. I mean, other than Houston with it. But I mean, Miami, you don't feel, I think. Yeah, okay. yeah, you don't feel good. Yeah. And the no, confidence you have in Mostert, I think, is an interesting piece to it. I think it's it's there. I mean, you have Daryl Henderson, who God knows what's going to happen to the fucking Rams backfield now that they traded for. Um, Shitty uh, Michelle. Yeah, Shitty Michelle with it. I mean, Damian Harris is another interesting option in the New England backfield. Yeah, I, and I love Damian Harris. I think actually, like the Cam Newton move, like without Mac or with Mac Jones now, I think he could be a very sneaky player. But I, you know, okay. Right so official, so official pick. Are you starting or am I starting? Um, I will go with it. Um, first, okay, and I'll give you the the hammer to finish things off. Okay. Um, I'm gonna go with Zane's team. I think just I don't love. I, I don't know. I think Zane just has a little bit of better matchups. And the Zeke matchup against Tampa is rough. I hate having the Thursday night game. We both have them. But I think Mike Evans is much in a much better position to succeed than Ezekiel Elliott Thursday night. And I think that might end up being the um, determining factor. So give me Zane. Is this a juju play? Like low-key, is this a juju play? No, I, I mean, I think it's a toss-up. Like, I won't be surprised if you take me, but I think um, just purely because of that just small thing with Zeke versus, you know, Mike Evans and the matchups that they both have Thursday night, I'm going to give the edge to, to Zane this week. I took Zane as well, so we're going to go a six-for-six six week. Oh, okay. I fucking hate these weeks with it because I, I think Zane has, again, that positive upside matchup-wise. I mm-hmm. think it's it's a little bit more favoring to Zane. So I think Zane overcomes the, the odds here with, with the pick. So we're going to six for six. Sorry. On a, right. If you had to pick me or you to pull off the win, which one would you take? I'll take you over me. Like yeah. I just, I, I would, take I think the matchups are better. I think right. you have the, the matchups that make the difference. I think Adam has a decently strong team. It's uh, yeah. I, yeah, I'll pick you over me, but I like Zane and Adam better. Say no more. All right, it's in the books. We'll be back uh, for week two previews and maybe some trade recaps in about a week or so. I like trades. Trades are fun in this league. Like, I mean, this has been what a such a dynamic off season. I really, I really love this kind of stuff. It is, and it'll be fun to see the results of these trades because we can all have our passionate feelings on the trades, but until we see them out in live world and not talking about them on paper. That's all that matters. I can't wait to see more than one dollar in fab moved. Like that's let's go. Ooh. Like start start shelling the fab out. I have a hundred dollars. Let's come at me, bro. Okay. Saint or you you heard it here. Dan, Dan is ready to move fab. All right. Later. Bye. <laughs>